0: Hi everyone. My name is Claire Lou and I'm the CEO of New York Company. And today I am Really honored to have with me the founder and CEO of Meet Edgar, a social media scheduling platform tool, uh, Laura Roter. And Laura is someone who I've definitely admired from afar. She bootstrapped her business, um, you know, in its first year originally to a hundred thousand in monthly recurring revenue, and you know, in there now uh, I think they're three and a half years into the business. They have now over seven thousand companies using the product um, and customers using the product. So just a really incredible story of sort of staying true to what, you know, her vision was uh, staying independent as a company. They're also a remote company. So really excited to have you here today, Laura. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Yeah. And you know, Laura, I have this one question that I've been asking a lot of different leaders that I'm going to ask you, which is what's something you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader?
1: you know, I'm guessing other people might have given you a similar answer too. really letting go and really letting the people that you work with have ownership and make decisions without you. I mean, I feel like for me, that's been the constant process of leadership that I'm still definitely still working on. And still learning is stopping yourself from being a bottleneck Mm -hmm. in the company. And I think it can be very uh, subtle. I think you think, oh, well, I don't tell people they have to get approval from me, right? So I'm not blocking things up. But then... If everyone runs everything by you for your like opinion or advice, like yes. they're getting approval from you without <laughs> you explicitly stating it, right? So it can be more subtle than you saying, Oh, I don't say that I have to check on everything. And I think to be a great leader, you really have to be deliberate in saying, I don't need to see this, don't show this to me, you know, make this decision without me, which which can be a hard thing to do.
0: I think it's the biggest challenge, especially for leaders who transition from being an individual contributor to becoming, you know, a leader. Yeah. Because as usually when you become a leader, whether you're promoted um, or whether you're a founder, it's because you're usually good at the job, right? Like you're good at doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden when you're a leader, it's all about letting go of doing the thing. I mean, for you personally, is, is there a particular sort of instance where you realized, oh my gosh, I am the bottleneck and I had no idea, you know, I'm caring too much about doing the thing instead of just letting go? <laughs> I mean
1: in some ways it's hard to think of a specific example <laughs> because there are are so many. I mean so right cool. now I'm in the CEO role and I'm also heading up the marketing team. Mm. And um, marketing has been the area that's been the hardest for me to step away from because that is my, like you said, individual contributor background, right is is doing the marketing side. And sometimes I find myself like shooting down ideas that I don't even mean to do because I'll sort of just at first rush be like, oh, I don't think that strategy is really as strong as some others were looking at. But I haven't let the person even tell me like what the idea is, what the whole strategy is. Right. And it can be easy not to realize how powerful a side comment from me as like, you know, the leader, CEO, founder, me being like, oh, I don't know about that to someone else can read us like, Laura has vetoed this, this will never happen. When maybe I mean like, why don't you flesh that out more? But I need to say that explicitly.
0: Oh, definitely. I think there's so many founders and CEOs and managers who I talk to where they inadvertently realize that their word all of a sudden has become the law of the land. And that a casual Mm. comment like, oh, I don't know if I really like that means, okay, we will never ever bring this idea up. When that's not what you meant at all. As a leader and having learned those lessons the hard way, as we all have, how do you compensate for that? Like, what things do you now try to do to sort of let people know my way is not sort of the highway
1: so part of it is just like constantly explicitly saying things like, this is not urgent, because that's another thing that I've learned. People think that if a task comes from me, that means it's at the top of the priority list, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, literally never the case with how our company, we're very big on not having false deadlines, not having urgency. We want to complete things at the right pace. So I'll just think of a random, like, oh, I'm curious about this report or I'm curious about statistic. So if I'm asking someone for something like that, I'll say, this is not important. This is not urgent, you know, in all caps on the the email, just to really be clear. And I find that I think I can say like, oh, just because it comes from me, it's not urgent. It's just a lot more helpful for the other
0: person. If I go ahead and that out, it's a lot clearer. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. I think, you know, in previous jobs that I've worked at, uh, you you know, whenever the boss would say, oh, yeah, I get this thing done. It's like, okay, that, yeah, that gets moved to the top of the list When, In many ways, you know, that's not the case. So at Meet Edgar, you definitely have, you know, folks who are managers and who you're growing and coaching as well. How do you, if, you know, you try to at all, you know, like teach them this, right? Like, if this is for you, like the biggest thing you wish you would have learned, like, are there different things that you try to suggest Mm -hmm. to, to new managers as you grow them and bring them into the company.
1: Yeah, I mean, something that we do that I think is kind of unusual for our size, um, so we're about 30 people, is to really have very little execution time for managers, which is something I I read a lot from the Basecamp founders. I I know they love to spend a lot of time coding. I guess they would I love a lot of their ideas. They probably would not (laughs) resonate with this one. But for us, you know, we really just want to make sure that managers who we call advocates at our company have the time and space to be there for their team at large, which means they're not spending a lot of time on like hand work, some, but definitely not the majority of their time. So I think that sort of helps. Like if you are just leading and managing, I think that can make it a little easier to take a step back from being so bogged down in the execution, and, and letting your team be the ones who are really bogged down in the execution, because I can imagine that's even harder if someone is like the leader of the team and they're like programming right alongside Neko. I would imagine that would just make it even more challenging as the other programmer to feel like they're not really like, like scrutinizing. All the work that's being done, you know. So we find that
0: having that space and having that separation is pretty useful. Definitely, it's interesting. It reminds me actually. I spoke with um, Michael Lopp, who's the VP of Engineering at Slack, and asked him this question, you know, uh, a month or so ago, and he said something really similar about how delegation is really for him the thing that you know he hires for in managers that he looks for. And what he talked about in particular is that. As a manager, you need time to manage and let that, like you said, that space. And Mm -hmm. you're saying that, you know, if you're too busy doing the actual work, actually, as a manager, that's a huge mistake. You should not be busy. I mean, would you agree with that? Like, do you find yourself as a CEO, Uh, like, trying to be in many ways less busy? Yes. I mean, I have
1: very little, uh, you know, what I would call deliverable work that I do. Actually, Mm -hmm. something I do as CEO is promote the company via podcasts and interviews like this. That's actually one of the few things on my list that I are really like things that I have to complete, things that I have to do. I try to spend most of my time really um, on strategy, on on coaching others. Even my role in marketing, even though I'm heading up marketing right now, you know, I don't. Write copy. I'm not doing. I could, but I'm not doing the the hand on stuff. And that's how it's all with us. I've never written copy or like done the actual marketing for this company. And that was something very deliberate for me. because I, I wanted to have time and space. The other parts of my job. Definitely.
0: I'm curious, Laura. I mean, you're saying the company is now 30 people. Has that evolved as the company has grown? So I know originally before starting Meet Edgar, you'd run your own uh, consulting practice. Uh, and so, you know, from that transition, you know, boutique consulting practice to large early stage SaaS company. Did you mm-hmm. find yourself, you know, when you were a lot earlier sort of in, on your path feeling like, okay, I have to do the work. And then do you remember the moment when it switched and you started realizing like, okay, this is a different stage now? Or do you think it's not? Or have from the beginning, yeah. you always try to just purposely let go as much as possible.
1: This company is by far the largest. My training business before this one was like four people. So <laughs> This is definitely the largest. This is the first company that I've run where we have a true, you know, leadership management structure in place. So, it's, it's like an epiphany moment and a gradual transition. I did, yeah. I did have a moment where I realized that I was operating under the assumption that I was the greatest person in the world and doing everything because when you're in that stage of being, you know, a solopreneur or freelance yes. and you think that you can't let things go. You often get this idea like Oh, well, you know, I have like this special way that I reconcile the PayPal downloads and like nobody else is in game able to figure out my system that I created. And like, you realize that what you're really saying is I am the only person in the world that can do this and I am the best. Like I am the greatest at reconciling PayPal downloads that this world has ever seen. Um, and that's really absurd. Right. <laughs> and that really helped me realize like, well, of course... I mean, one, just due to my age alone, right? Like I'm 33 now. There's people that are better at me than everything just because I've been doing it for five years longer or more, you know, if nothing else, like that reason alone disqualifies me in a lot of ways. So obviously there's people that are are better at everything. So that realization a, a longer time ago definitely helped me to start this journey of really building a team, really moving towards a business that could run without me. And then that has... um to reality. And meet Edgar, it is a business
0: that runs well without me. I love that. It is a humbling truth that we as CEOs, leaders don't like to think about that we are not the best probably at what we do. And whether it's reconciling, you know, Mm -hmm. PayPal uh, statements, uh, or writing posts, or, um, you know, other things that we feel like, oh, only I can maybe do this. And it's funny, because we never really say that out loud. So I love that you said it out loud. And I feel like that should be a mantra for a lot of CEOs (laughs) to almost repeat to themselves. I am not the greatest, you know, like I'm not the best at what I'm doing here. And in many ways, your you know, your job is to hire and find folks and coach folks to to, to be better. There's something really interesting that you said Mm -hmm. at the very end, which is around, you know, this idea that the company for, you know, for you to be sustainable, right? And for, for it to grow is it needs to be able to run without you. Can you tell me a little bit about what you mean by that or why that's important to you? So that was a
1: very deliberate goal of mine with this company. So the company that I ran before was a, a training business where I was the trainer. So it was the type of business where I'm the face of it. I'm creating the content people buy from us, but, you know, know, and trust me it was leveraged in the sense that it was online training. It wasn't one-on-one consulting, but it was not a business. I could, you know, step away for six months. Um, it was not a business that could ever be sold. So it was really tied to my time. Like in the sense it was more leveraged hours for dollars, but at the end of the day, like kind of, it was still hours for dollars because Laura Roter needed to show up to make that business work. So I was like, Wouldn't it be cool if I had a business or I didn't have to show up to make it work? And what I love about having a software business is I'm not a program. (laughs) I cannot help if it breaks, like at all. I don't know what to do. And really great constraint because it has just forced me in this really major way since the beginning of the business to be like, obviously, this business doesn't depend on me because other people have to build and maintain our actual product that we're mm-hmm. selling. So I know I'm not going to be the lunch going in and saving everything. Yes. Um if it breaks. I also had an unusual situation. I was pregnant when we launched Meet Edgar. And wow. I knew that I would go on maternity leave. So I went on maternity leave like about six, I guess about six months um, after launch for months. I was totally off. So I knew that I was pregnant, right? And then the baby was coming when we launched. So I Had that kind of structure in mind right from day one. Well, I need to build a company that for that three months, I mean, minimum, right, isn't going to fall apart, but I don't want to set the, I want a company that's going to grow while I'm gone. And and it did
0: significantly. That is incredible. I had no idea that you were pregnant during starting the company. I mean, starting a company by itself is hard and just being pregnant and having a kid is hard separately so the two together blows my mind I mean I feel like you should be you know you should be getting so many awards just for that alone that's incredible Laura thank you for all of your insights I am you know sitting here really just sort of taking them all in I know everyone who's watching really appreciates all your wisdom as well so thanks so much for being here and yeah we appreciate it thank you